It is uh, it's good to be with you guys. We are uh, getting to share in one of my favorite passages of Scripture this morning, and I'm excited about that. Uh, make just a quick mention of uh, yesterday. Uh, man, we, we just had an incredible day yesterday uh, doing the food truck deal. Uh, many of you know that we do that. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're visiting. You're like, what's that? We, we work with Second Harvest uh, and get a tractor trailer, literally a tractor trailer full of food, like pallets stacked high uh, of food, uh, and it's, it's amazing And because we just get to give away uh, all of this food. And uh, this kind of comes under uh, the ministry that we have here that's uh, led by Gina Newton, uh, and she has a team of folks that help her with that. Uh, and you know somebody is a good leader when they don't have to show up to make something happen, and it still goes on. And uh, that happened yesterday as Gina uh, experienced some things going on with her family, with her mom, and uh, her mom is now home, and we're glad to hear, hear that, uh, but uh, kind of had a scare there and whatnot. And so, uh, but uh, she was able to get to stay with her mom and her team, and folks from 24 just uh, ran that thing like a sewing machine yesterday. And, and let me just tell you what, multiple times I stood in that parking lot yesterday and prayed over people crying on my shoulder uh, and I, I just honestly I walked away humbled yesterday uh, in such a huge huge way uh, that God just you know spoke spoke to my heart spoke to me uh, that those things are worth it it's it's hard it's hard work sometimes to do that kind of stuff uh, and you know and, and nobody you know everybody's kind of like well it's a Saturday morning and I got things to do and all that but uh, uh, for everybody that showed up thank you Thank you for your willingness to be a part of, of such a thing. It is totally worth it. Uh, God moved yesterday. We had people uh, that prayed with Max Vick yesterday to receive Jesus as their Savior while sitting in their car while we were loading food into the back of it. Uh, that'll, that'll just tell you how big of a deal uh, that is. And just, uh, man, what, what an awesome God we serve that he can work like that. So praise, praise God for that. So... Um, all right, let's, uh, let's jump into this. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to go to uh, the book of 1 Samuel. If you don't have a Bible, we have ushers, and uh, they are ready to rock and give you a Bible or throw it to you if you want to wave at them or whatever it is, if you dare, uh, but let them get you one. If you don't own one, we'd love for you to keep that one considered a gift. Uh, we'd love for you to have it and take it with you. Uh, but uh, 1 Samuel uh, is uh, where we see... Uh, the story of David began for us, and, and so we started last week into the story of David, and we talked about King Saul, and we talked about how David was anointed uh, to be the king, and while, while Saul still was the king, and we're gonna, there's a little bit of that at play here uh, as the story continues today. Uh, but as the story continues today, last week uh, we were in chapter 16, this week we're in chapter 17. And in chapter 17, we have one of these like ultimate stories of the Bible that, that so many of us know. And, and, he, and even if you didn't grow up in a church, uh, then you probably still know this story somewhat, at least a little bit about it. And it is the story of David and Goliath, David and the giant. And so, uh, you know, this, this, whole, this whole thing uh, about David and the, the giant, David and Goliath, and you know all of this craziness that ensues thereafter is an amazing story of God at work and leading someone to do something and following him. David was a kid. David was a kid. Uh, 
You know, and, and sometimes as kids, we have a childlike faith. Isn't it funny how like you can tell a kid something and, and they'll believe it, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny, and, and, and I love that. I love that type of faith. I love getting to talk with my kids about things that are make-believe and all those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, Lightning McQueen is, is big at our house. And, you know, uh, you know and we, we've, been, we've been to Disney, and when Cash was really little, you know, one of the things that we did is we stood by Lightning McQueen. And, uh, you know, of course, it was what it was. And, uh, you know, but he doesn't remember that because he was so little. And, uh, but he's seen pictures, and so he talks sometimes about how he got to meet Lightning McQueen, but he doesn't remember Lightning McQueen. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny that children can believe something so easily, but even as they grow older, that's not the case, obviously. And, but still, they possess a childlike faith. When we were in our youth, when we were in our 20s, when we were, you know, in our teens, you know, for those of us that are older, some of you are still in your 20s, good for you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, when we, when we were there, you know, there, there were moments where we, we, we were more likely to believe. In fact, that, you know, we know uh, that uh, statistics say somebody's less likely uh, to believe in God or trust in, in Christ as they get older and older and older, you know. Uh, because we get set in our ways and we think, you know, we've, you know, we've arrived and we've got everything figured out and we don't need anything else. Um, David, David was still in his youth at the time that this was going on. And in this moment, there was this great battle that was beginning to ensue between the Philistines and the people of Israel. And, and as this happened, one of the things that happened back then that you would see oftentimes and when a battle like this would occur, would oftentimes it would be, you know, uh, you know they, would, they would be posed on different hills and then they would meet in the valley and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And one of the things in particular, and you'll see the word champion being used in the scriptures here, uh, when champion is being used here, it's actually talking about a soldier that would be willing to go out and fight for his army. So instead of, you know, masses of people going at it together at the same time, this would be literally one person versus one person type of a scenario. And of course, the Philistines had their boy, Goliath. And so why don't we read a little bit about that. 1 Samuel verse seven, uh, chapter 17, and we're going to start in verse 3, and we're going to kind of skip through the passage a little bit. We are going to cover a lot of it, but I want to, I want to read a good bit of it. Uh, so that you can have an understanding of the story and know where it's coming from. In verse 3 it says, And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head and was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weight uh, weighed 600 shekels of iron. It was about 15 pounds. That was just the head of the spear. Uh, by the way, a bunch of this other stuff, you're talking about like the, the coat of mail that he's wearing and stuff, probably about 125 pounds, 
Uh, you know, because the 15-pound thing's like, oh, well, that's it. He just, you know, he's a big guy. You know, a 15-pound spear's not such a big deal. Uh, that's just the head of the spear. That's not the whole thing, you know, made of bronze and all this other stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's crazy. When you start adding all this up, some crazy, crazy weights here. And, uh, and then it says in verse 8, he said, He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But, I prevail, but if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, I've got a lot of friends, and for whatever reason, the Lord in the last several years has blessed 24 Church with several of them that have some height to them. Uh, and I'm going to ask one of them to come join me today. Uh, and and he, was, he, he had to be the chosen one if I was going to pick somebody to come up here with me to talk about this for just a minute. Uh, this is Casey Spears, if you don't know Casey. And we have not talked about anything that we're going to do here today, but I'm sure he's probably figuring out real quick why uh, I have asked him to be a part of today. Casey is uh, six foot nine. Is that right? On, on, on a good day, right? And, uh, and I got to tell you, one of, my, one of my favorite things has been, like, because uh, for whatever reason, like, of course, like people attract like people, and that is definitely true of the tall, the tall dudes at our church. And so they've attracted each other, and many of them have ended up in our micro church and in our Bible study on Tuesday night and all these other things that we do. And, uh, and so, I mean, we lean on each other. We're kind of like family, and so we're constantly talking throughout the week when we need something, you know. And so... One night in particular, I needed some help going to move something real quick and had to run to somebody's house to get it, who's a friend of mine, an older man out in Gallatin, and we go out there, and I've got him, i got Marcus, who's six, eight, seven, six, seven, somewhere in there, and then Troy, I think, who's six, uh, four, five, three, I don't know, somewhere in there. They're all six-something, and, and so I'm not thinking anything about it, but I haven't told my friend that I've brought help to get this thing and I really just needed one person to go with me but they all were like are we gonna eat and it was like yeah we're gonna eat you know so so we all get in the truck we ride up back up the truck I get out and he's like hey what's going on and then they all it was like it couldn't be planned any better all three doors opened on the on the rest of the truck and they all got out at the same time and he goes whoa (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, you know, a little intimidating, a little intimidating. Uh, Casey is six foot nine. I think I'm five eight or so and a half or nine if I wished or something. Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, five ten at the hawk, he said. <laughs> but uh, uh, Casey being six nine, to kind of give you some idea of Goliath, uh, Goliath was actually about nine foot nine. So add a yardstick. People still use yardsticks. 
Is that a thing? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So like probably like the top of his hand would be about where Goliath is. Uh, Casey, just just a real quick, just because we got you up here. Uh, in your life, has your height benefited you to cause fear in the lives of others? Sometimes. <laughs> I know stories, and the answer is yes. Okay, <laughs> so uh, Casey, thank you for coming up and being with us this morning. You can take us, take that with you and uh, hit the button, turn it off. Thank you, Casey, for uh, joining me for uh, that little little thing there. Uh, you know, I think that uh, for all of us, we run into things in life that cause us fear, and maybe maybe it is a person. Maybe maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a large person. Maybe it's a small person. Uh, maybe it's a small person with a large person complex kind of thing. I, I don't know, you know. Uh, whatever it is, we deal with fear throughout life. There are different things that cause us fear, and how we react to it is huge. And here, in this situation with the Philistines, we have Goliath, who is nine foot nine and covered in bronze. Like his shield, not to get too far into it, but like his shield would have been a shield that was big enough to cover his body. That's not a shield, that's a car, you know? I mean, like, you know, think about that. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. And so you're, you're thinking and, and seeing and, and hearing this because it's easy for us to go, oh, well, you know, why don't they just all just run at him and just gang him real quick or whatever? Uh, you know, not so easily done. Not so easily done. And so it left them, as we see in verse 11, that they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 16, if you jump down there, it says, For 40 days the Philistine came forward and took his hand took his stand morning and evening, 40 days. There's that magical 40 days. And in verse 24, we pick back up in the story, and it says, All men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done to the man who kills him. So David shows up on the scene. David's actually, David's actually back home. David was in, if you remember, David had uh, come and was uh, working the courts and uh, you know, playing the lyre for King Saul and all this stuff. And again, had already been anointed as king, but King Saul didn't know that. And so here he is serving the king, which is a pretty amazing uh, you know, example for us, I think. Uh, but then David... Um, had been going back and forth to see his dad and help take care of things back uh, at the house. And then in this moment, uh, his brothers had gone to be with the army to be ready to fight the Philistines uh, if that were needed. And so uh, David uh, was sent by his dad to go check on the brothers. And so while he's there checking on the brothers, we see 
that this moment happens where David hears all this craziness about Goliath and what he's saying, that he's going to kill, you know, whoever and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, you can kill me, then, you know, we'll, we'll be your servants, I kill you, then, you know, you'll be ours, and, you know, just send me one man, and nobody wants to go fight this guy. And David, David's response is this, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? It's not, look at that dude, he's really big. You see, David had a complete understanding and faith that the Lord of all really is the Lord of all and that he takes care of business in whatever way, however he needs to do so. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's like, basically, David's outlook on this is like, that dude should be afraid right now. That dude should be afraid because he's coming against the Lord. Right? And everybody else is like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? Big tall man's going to get us. Verse 28. And here, and here man, this is, this is life right here. Verse 28, we see his brother, his oldest brother. And if you've got, if you've got brothers and sisters and you know that like the oldest one sometimes is like, you know, when they're speaking into your life, you know, can be very encouraging or very discouraging, depending upon how they go. And it says in verse 28, Now Elab, the his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Elab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why have you come down? And, you know, he's like, you know, dude, go home. Be with dad. Play with toys. You know, it's kind of, you know, what I'm getting from that. And with whom have you left the, those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil in your heart for you have come down to see battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him and toward another, I assume another brother is what he means by that, and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. And so basically, he's not getting, he's not getting any props. <laughs> he's not getting any encouragement in this moment. And in fact, his oldest brother is basically calling him out and saying, you're just looking for attention. You're just looking for attention. What are you doing? Shut your mouth and go back to the sheep. And in verse 34, we see this. It says, but David said to Saul, we're jumping down a little bit, David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. He's talking about himself. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. The uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God, you, you, are, you, are you catching where David's head is at with this? I mean, like, his head is all about, like, this dude's coming against the wrong God. He's coming against the God. He's coming against our God, the God of all creation. He doesn't know what he's messing with, and you guys are all standing around scared. And he's like, look, 
I've been, I've been tending the sheep for years. I've taken care of lions and bears and, you know, all this other stuff, you know. So, and then he goes on and says, And David said, The Lord who delivered me. You see that, right? He's not saying, Hey, look what I did. He's saying, The Lord who delivered me, verse 37, From the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. And I got to ask you, how strong is your faith? How strong is your faith? That if the Lord spoke to you and showed you something and led you to do something, would fear keep you from it? Verse 38. Then Saul clothed David in his armor. And it gets into all of this, you know, what he clothed him with, whatever, his coat of mail and everything. And, and I, think, I think that this just shows you still where Saul's head's at. Saul's still thinking about fighting a battle the way that you fight battles. You know, typically speaking, when it comes to, you know, being ready to go into war and being ready to take the hit and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, let me give you my coat of mail and put this thing on you. And they try that out. And Saul's like, man, this ain't for me. I can't even wear this junk. Get this junk off of me. And we pick up in verse 39. It says, and David strapped his sword over his arm and he tried in vain to go. For he, was, for he had not tested them, talking about the chain mail. He hadn't tested that, it, wasn't, it didn't fit, all this kind of stuff. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. He took them off. Then he put, verse 40, then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch, in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. He picked up some rocks from the creek and grabbed his staff. Here we go to battle. I know what many of you are thinking. You're thinking like, you're thinking like I am. You're thinking, war comes to our town. What are we doing? We're opening the gun safe. And we're getting out all these toys that we've been spending money on all these years. Thank you, Jeff Crow. You know, he's infected you too, I know. That's all right. And, 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 you know, nothing wrong with gun. I, I love a gun. I got a few, you know. But here David picks up his staff and some stones, and he takes off with his sling, and he approached the Philistine. In verse 41 it says, And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, and I love this, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Because all he sees is the spear. Because, I mean, you know, who's looking for some stones in a pouch, right? Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, who you have defiled. Uh Uh-oh. Verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Who? This day the Lord will will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hand. David's got some strong words. (laughs) He's got some strong words for a young guy facing a 10-foot tall, crazy person cursing his God. And in verse 48, it says, When the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put the hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in his forehead and he fell on his his face to the ground. He fell on his face to the ground. You know what my favorite part of that is? My favorite part is right there in the beginning of that in verse 48. When the Philistine arose and he came and drew near to meet David, what did David do? He ran. He ran. Folks, that's not what we normally do in moments that we're scared, that we're afraid, that we think we think that we're gonna get taken out. Yeah, we run all right. We run the other way. We're not running to it. We might like tiptoe to it. You know, like, oh, well, I wonder, he can't strike, he can't strike me from this far. You know, like, you know, we, 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 we're going to, we're going to do like a little Napoleon Dynamite or something on him or something, you know, a little Kip. (laughs) Rex Quando. I can't stop. Just keeps going. Sorry. No, I mean, I mean, for real though, like he runs to the Philistine. He runs to Goliath to fight him. And the truth is, is, is he does so because he's not afraid. He knows the whole time. He knows in every moment of that, that in the whole time, that the Lord, this is the Lord's fight. And the Lord's the one that's going to do this. He says so himself. He says that the Lord saves not with a spirit sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand over and over David says these things but I come to you in the name of the Lord and that he's the one who will deliver he's the one who will save I think for us this morning the question is you know, we all, we all want to be David. Let's just face it. I mean, we all want to be David. Like, we, we love the thought. 
We love the thought, first of all, that God might want to call us to do something great for His kingdom and that we would be faithful enough in those moments to trust in Him and believe in Him that if He has led us to it, that He's going to lead us through it, right? And I totally am with that. But the truth is, is that David is not the Savior of the story. The Savior of the story is the Lord. And I think for us, in our lives, instead of looking to be saviors for people, we should be about the business of introducing people to the Savior. And that's what David was doing. You see, David's brother was mad at David because he thought he was being dumb and cocky and looking for, looking for attention and all these things. And, and the truth is, is that David's like, dude, you, do you even know me? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just these words, you're judging me on this right now? He's like, don't you see what's going on? Don't you see that this guy has come against the Lord and against the Lord's people and the Lord's army? Like, don't you see this? It's amazing how God moves and works in our lives and oftentimes leads us to things that, that you know, cause us fear. Maybe you have something in your life right now that's causing you fear. And the truth is, is that fear causes us so much grief and it cripples us oftentimes from doing the very things that God is leading us to do. And it's the fear of the unknown. Maybe, it's the, maybe, maybe you're at a place in your life right now where if you were just being real honest and say, Chris, I'm not a Christian. I'm still trying to understand that out. And, and maybe it just scares you to the living death out of you that, that the thought of like there is this whole other something going on that you're just learning about. And, and you know, let me just encourage you. It's okay. We've all been there with that. And first of all, let me just say that God loves you and we love you. We're praying for you. If, you. if you've never trusted in Christ and you're sitting here today, I want you to know that we're praying for you about that. We're praying that God would reveal Himself to you. That you would begin to trust and begin to understand and that you would accept that just a little, little teeny, weeny, teensy bit of childlike faith is enough. You don't have to understand the whole Bible to, to trust in Jesus as your Savior. You can run to Him today. Come on with that. And He will welcome you with open arms and so will we. Furthermore, for those of us that are believers, we get stopped in our tracks oftentimes by the fear of the things of this world and of these moments. And it could be giant Casey, right? Or it could be the loss of a job. Or the loss of a loved one. Or the not sure if you'll ever have that loved one that you've always wanted to have. Let me encourage you with this scripture. 1 John 4.18 says this. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. In Christ's love, there is no fear. David was right there. David truly trusted in the Lord and in His power to deliver and do exactly what he needed to do. David himself would pin this sometime later as he was 
the king later in life. Psalm 34, check this out. Psalm 34, 4 says this. says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. You trying to get rid of them by yourself? Good luck with that. That's not going to happen. Ask me how I know. God wants to deliver you from fear and replace it with His love and lead you in this world to do sometimes what seems like the craziest of things. You should have been around me 20 years ago, 16 years ago, 17 years ago when, when I just began to talk about the possibility of starting a church. And I thought that God might lead us to start a church. i got to tell you, I sat on that for almost a whole year before I was really willing to accept the thought that God might want us to do. That sounded like the craziest thing. Over this past year, I've watched so many pastors quit the ministry. It's a hard year for a lot of reasons. I've watched so many people give up. I've just this week saw a friend, and, and, and God's moving and leading them in a different direction, that they're shutting their church plant down. I hate that. I hate that. We must put faith over our fear. We must trust in the Lord. David was great, but there would be one greater to come, and his name would be Jesus. He would be the better David. He wouldn't only slay giants and fears of life, he would come to slay our sin that we might know him and have a relationship with him. That he might give us a new life and purpose in this world. David was just part of a greater plan. He understood God will have his way. He knew God would prevail. And I ask you today, what is God leading you to do in life that fear is stopping you from? What would happen if you trusted in the Lord to go and cast fear to the side? Maybe great things for the kingdom of God. He's for it. And if He's for it, then He's in it. Did you hear that? If He's for it, then He's in it. If He's leading you to do something, it's no different than the day that He led David to do something. David wasn't a superhero. He was just a dude like us. Us that are dudes. God used David Not because he was a champion, but because he was faithful. A kid. A kid who ran toward what God called him to. A kid who wasn't afraid to go and fight giant fear. Let's pray. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. God, I pray that you would lead us in the call that we've been given to be a part of this world for your kingdom. That you would be made known through our lives. That people would know you because they know us. God, I pray for the person right now 
that is struggling with whether or not to believe, with whether or not to really trust, whether or not to really buy in to whether or not You sent Your Son to die for us. God, I pray that You would speak to their heart in a way that is supernatural and they know it's not, it's not me, it's not anything else, Lord. It's the, it's the movement of Your Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that today You would save them today. God, that You would work in their heart, that You would free them from sin, that You would give them new life and give them purpose in this world. God, for us as believers, God, lead us. And may we be faithful. And may our faith be strong in You, trusting in You, that literally any moment that You call us to go, that, we, that You call us to jump, that You call us to move, God, that we would do so and that we would run to it. God, may we be like David. Faithful. Faithful and willing. God, work in our hearts to make them more like Yours. Lord, we ask all this in Your Son's name. Amen.